This podcast is brought to you by Crisp. It is a software that automatically mutes background noise in any communication app. No more embarrassing dog barks, traffic noises, crying babies, and family chatters when you're doing your calls from home or the nearby cafe. With Crisp, those noises will be muted and your caller will not be able to hear any of them. Not only is it able to remove background noises, it can also even remove the ones coming from your caller. So all you get is high-quality audio without the distractions. Crisp supports any devices and over 800 apps such as Zoom, Teams and WebEx. Try out the world's best AI-powered noise-cancelling technology for free. Simply go to adriantan.com.sg crisp to get started. Welcome to the show, I'm Adrian Tan. On the Adrian Tan Show, I speak with experts and thought leaders on issues surrounding the future of work. Tell me about your strength. This is a common question you get at interviews, but how many of us truly know what strengths are? The strengths we possess and the value we add should be obvious, but often it's not. Be intentional about knowing your value and strength, and you will gain clarity, inspiration, and motivation with one simple act of self-discovery. And this is something that you can achieve with Strength Finder. I brought my guest Jason Ho today to share more about this. As Southeast Asia's first Gallup Certified Strength Finder coach and Platinum coach, he has founded two companies to train and coach top leaders in MNC, SME, schools, nonprofit to optimize team development and drive perfect performance over the past 13 years. Now let's talk about strength with Jason Ho. Hi, Jason. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. Hi. Thanks, Richard. So to begin with, could you share with people what you do and exactly what kind of problem are you trying to solve? Yeah, so I, I run Performance Capital and we have a program called Perfect Performance. And what we actually want to do is that we want to help leaders, MNC leaders and business owners to really uh, get the best uh, out of their people. And we do that in a strengths-based approach. And this strengths-based approach is actually uh, quite different in terms of the paradigm where managers actually look out for the strengths of the people rather than try to fix what's broken. Okay. And when you talk about this strength-based approach, is it uh, similar or based on what I'm personally familiar with? Because I had done this Gallup StrengthFinder test right now, they have renamed it. Is it something similar to that? Yes. So that's what we use. Uh, That's one of the tools we use when it comes to this strengths-based approach. They use uh, StrengthFinder. They've actually changed it to Clifton Strengths. So we actually go through that as one of the foundation courses. Right. And this emphasis on strength. Of course, the, in, in recruitment, many companies will be emphasizing on different things, some on personality, some on skills. And right now we're talking about strength. Why is this significant for companies to consider given so many other things to look at? Yeah, so I think the idea about this this focus on strengths really comes from the idea that we want world-class excellence from each individual. So the fundamental belief we have is that everyone is built for greatness. And if that's true, then everyone's built is different. So for example, some people, when you ask them to do something like, for example, standing in front of a crowd, they will do a very good job with a little or no training, while another person will take a long, long time. So the idea of ROI for every uh, manager, business owner, or MNC leader, they always want to find out, how do I get the world-class standard from my guys? And one of the best ways is instead of trying to fix or put in what is not there, why don't you draw things that are already innately there? So this idea also comes to the point where if they're actually doing what they do best, 
they actually feel so much more alive, so much more engaged. And companies are struggling with this idea of engagement. How do I get engaged staff? So one, one great way to do it, Gallup did some research on it. If they actually use their strengths, they are 600% more likely to say they're going to be engaged in their job. Coming from a standpoint of only 87, uh, only 13% of people worldwide are actually engaged. We want to move that number up. So in a way, if I were to use an example, is essentially telling Ronaldo to continue play football. Don't try to play badminton or basketball because <laughs> obviously he is good in football, so remain at that. And and based on your research or based on your understanding, how many percentage of companies, especially in Singapore, may, be, may not be using this approach, hence may be missing out on really squeezing or maximizing the, the benefits of uh, leveraging on the, their people's strength? I think because I consult for quite a lot of country uh, companies in, in Asia, the MNCs like Johnson Johnson, Adobe, Roche Pharmaceutical, I would say that almost 90, 95% of uh, managers and companies actually do very much a weakness approach to development. And, and that is something that actually maybe only 5%. Or even less than that. Could you elaborate what is the weakness approach? So the weakness approach, or we call it the gap approach. Uh, some organizations call it AFGs or AFI. AFGs are areas for growth. AFIs are areas for improvement. What that means is that managers spend most of their time catching people doing wrong. That means, oh, for example, give you an example. In a project, uh, they did something and then they go for, let's, let's do a review of this project. Most of the time, I would say 90% of the time, the managers will talk about what is it? What is negative? Oh, you should have done this, you should have done this, you should have done this. But, but they don't really hear that actually I did this very well. And this part was really good that, that I saw you do this with the client and that was excellent. So this weakness-based approach is really about catching people doing wrong. And every time people catch people doing wrong, is there growth? Yes, there is. But they still don't know what is great about them. So my hope is that I'm helping managers organizations change that paradigm because catching people doing wrong is already fundamentally in our DNA to change it to, hey, how about catching people doing right? So they know what is good about what they just did and they can they can replicate it. This catching people doing wrong sounds very much like the schooling system that I've went through. I'm not sure if you've gone through the same thing as well, where in school we are taught to, well, in a way become an average person because whatever you're weak in, you're supposed to focus more on that, remedial on the topics or the subjects that you do not do well in. For the good ones, okay, it's okay. You don't have to go for remedial, which of course sounds quite counter to all this. Is this something prevalent in our specific society? And are you seeing this in some other countries as well? Yeah, I'll say that this is very much human nature. There was a research done also that they asked people, to be successful in life, what do you choose? You have only two options. One is to build on your strengths and two is to fix all your weaknesses. So majority, uh, and they did uh, research in different countries. So uh, in Asia, majority, 25% chose the first one. 25% chose that actually building on my strengths will lead me to success, which means 75% of Asia believes that to reach great success, I need to fix my weaknesses. And it goes towards from 25%, it rises to around 41% in the U.S., so predominantly as a human race, we are still fixated with uh, the idea that if I fix everything wrong about me, 
I'm going to get great success. And you're right to say that it really stems from this idea of not only school, but also even parenting. If you actually think about the number of things that parents actually say about their kids, uh, they, they usually say things like, hey, don't do this, don't do this, don't shout in the shopping mall, don't, don't, don't take away somebody's toy, for example. But they rarely say the positive part. And then that's even reinforced when it comes to school, where we work on the Fs rather than we work on the As, because actually that's a normal thing. That's a good thing to do. But the, but the difference when it comes to the Fs and the As is that it's a very different paradigm when you go into the real world. And the real world, what you talked about is Ronaldo and the sports scene actually does the strengths-based approach. So if I see somebody who's talented in 100 meters racing, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say that, hey, actually, you're very good. That, that's your A already. Forget about that. Let's go into marathons, which is your Fs. So actually, the, the sports uh, scene or the sports industry actually does that very well. And the business needs to catch up when it comes to this. Catching your guys doing right uh, is going to help you to get this better ROI rather than always trying to fix what's broken. Since you mentioned about parenting, is this test or is there a version of the test that would be suitable for kids to take? Yes, so we actually we work with the Ministry of Education and then we do we do some for different uh, schools as well. So around uh, around 15, uh, you are actually able to do the uh, Clifton Strengths already. Right. So for a company that would be keen to do this or even for an individual, I, I'm certain they are able to do all these tests. So after knowing their strength, or maybe you could break down for people who are not familiar with this uh, test. What kind of result would they be seeing and how should they interpret it? Yeah, so the, there, there are two things. One is the, actually the results of the Strengths Finder or Clifton Strengths test. And the other one is the whole paradigm. So one thing great about a Strengths Finder test is that they, out of 34 different talents that they have, they actually get their top five. And their top five is what they, what they naturally think, feel and behave. So once you see that, you actually understand that one, one great thing that you understand is that the, a lot of the things that you think it's normal is actually very, very special for you. It's actually your unique uh, selling point, or I call it your unfair advantage over everybody else. So I'll give you an example. If I ask, if I'm a bear or, and I ask a fish, hey, fish, and I tell a fish, fish, you swim very well. And the fish will be like, well, what are you talking about? Because it's, it's isn't it normal. So same thing, if somebody has, let's say this, there's a talent called communication. Out of the 34 talent themes in Gallup, uh, uh, Strengths Finder, there's this thing called communication. And this person has the gift of the gap. And a lot of times if you ask them, hey, what's your strength? Uh, actually, they'll think that actually it's normal. Uh, everybody is able to talk that well. But it's actually not true. So this five helps you to really see for yourself that the things you feel that it's actually very normal and you feel that actually this is, this is not even a strength. This is just normal for me is actually a great strength that we can actually leverage. So they will get their top five, and then usually what we do is we unpack it for them and how make it relevant to how they either lead or how they actually work. And, and since you're doing it mainly for organization, maybe you could also share a bit about, so knowing the strength of an individual, what's the next course of action that a company could take by providing some examples? And prior to you sharing your, your answers, I actually have done the test in 2015. So prior to our conversation, I actually tried to retrieve it, dust it off, and I am looking at my test result right now. So personally, my top five strength, and again, this is years ago, would be restorative harmony, connectedness, relator, and empathy. So assuming you are my manager, 
you know that I have these values. How would that change the way I work or how would that change the way you manage? Yeah, so one thing that managers always want to do but have no time to do it actually is to really get to know how their people think really fundamentally to their DNA, how do they actually think? So for example, for you, Adrian, when I look at restorative for you, how you think it's basically in terms of problems. So if I were to say that I want to leverage this strength of yours or leverage this talent to make it even better and better, one thing I would do is that I understand that I'll present to you, if I'm your manager, I'll present to you situations in terms of problems. Okay, so for example, we need to get this deal. We need to get this sales, for example. And I say, hey, you know what, Adrian? I think this is the issue. What do you think of this? What do you think is the real problem behind this, getting this deal? So it's no more a sales uh, conversation. It's a problem-solving conversation where you're restorative. You're talented in looking at what's the root cause. What's the root cause? What's the root problem? So you would, it's almost like I trigger a certain way that is naturally, uh, naturally how you think for you to bring up to bring up that genius in you and also that connectedness and one more way is that connectedness instead of just telling you the situation i'll tell you the whole big picture because connectedness really wants to um, understand like how how do you what is this thing that we do this small little thing that we do affect everything else other departments the the bd process or other other processes so when i when i trigger that for example i share with you the big picture and i ask you things like oh so how do you how do you think that this can link to other departments or how do we think that in this team how do we link other people's uh, jobs to this project you'll be able to give out a lot of suggestions and and basically you're at your genius state so these are just two two ways and this is just fundamentally trying to trigger a certain natural way that you think to actually achieve the results that we want and after your explanation, it actually triggered to me that this test like this might be extremely, in fact, much more useful for someone who is about to step into the job market because he or she will be starting with a clean slate. And by a, a, the, having the ability to align their strength to what's available out there, you wouldn't be stuck in any system or institution where there, yes, you are aware of your strength, but you might still not have the opportunity to navigate and work towards that strength. Yeah, so yes, it's definitely something that somebody new can do. But what we see is, uh, new to the workforce, but what we see is that even when I do it for C-levels, right, or directors, when they do that, they're always very surprised. Hey, actually, I never knew this is my strength. I thought it was something that it's normal. And even there's also another group that actually I don't even think is my strength. I think this is my weakness because this is the one that gets me into the most trouble. So I'll give you an example for you, empathy. The idea is that you are able to, you have a natural talent to feel how people feel just by looking at them, just by hearing certain things from them. And sometimes you it, it, you kind of get sucked into this whole emotion about them. Is if that the person is feeling down, you kind of feel down as well. And you might think that it's a weakness. So so I'll say that not only when... I, I just see it more as a curse. <laughs> Yeah, so I've coached many leaders with empathy and they feel that, huh, this is not a leadership strength, right? But actually, when we think about this, is because we're dealing with human beings. If there's no empathy portion, you won't actually get the feedback that you need to understand how that person feels about a certain project or even about your leadership style. So it's actually that your antennas are so wide that you can actually feel that and that feedback is important when you make decisions. 
So, so coming back to the question that not only for new new people entering the workforce, but for even for people who are 50s, 60s, and even with senior management, they're always very surprised that I actually, I never uh, was able to boil down the things that I do that's so great into these five words. Interesting. And for for people who are doing this test, has has this affected the, the the kind of outcome that the business is trying to produce? Because when companies try to take on all this initiative, it's often packed to the bottom line. Do you have any study or research or even anecdotes that has shown significant uptake uh, in performance after consistent application of Gallup, of this strength finder test yeah so so one thing we do is Gallup but actually when we do perfect performance we actually do a whole suite of, of a strengths-based uh, approach so not only just that so we actually go into the intervention part and the other things that is for example not covered in this Gallup strengths finder but but covered in our our program so one of the things that we do is that we want to understand that yes this is how you think these five things are how you think but when we want to make that jump into performance and we want to make a jump into daily daily conversations with your team members is actually the task that we do so one thing that we did was was we were able to actually help an organization understand that hey actually what task can i give this person that leverages their strengths so when we are able to do that they're able to understand that hey actually i'll give you an example so there's one time that we were doing work for the ministry government and one of the leaders there actually was very good at what they did and he was very good at basically basically doing a task and one day one thing they realized was that actually after a while when we went through this whole whole solution, they realized that even though they are very good at that task, everybody said they're good at it, the funny thing is that they don't feel energized doing it. And when I share about this whole idea of energized, this is actually one of the ways that you understand whether you're even using your strengths. It could be your uh, top five uh, Clifton strengths as well. So when we do that, we're able to help him understand that, hey, you are the leader uh, is deploying this person and actually in the wrong place. He's good at doing something, but he doesn't feel energized doing it. So they were able to actually change his portfolio and, and he was able to perform even better. This was the same thing when I was actually coaching one of the C-levels. I, I was flown to Dubai and he was actually sharing with me that actually last time he has a talent called ideation. That means he loves to come up with ideas. And in an, in an older traditional uh, organization, nobody liked his ideas. But when he actually moved and then I was able to coach him and he understood that actually I'm actually using my ideas, I should actually use it more. And this organization, for some reason, really liked his ideas and implemented a lot of the ideas. And he felt so much more fulfilled that whether or not people respect your, your strengths that you have helps you to even give more. So last time in the old older organization, he was actually quite down. And quite down and he was thinking about like, mm, maybe this is not for me, something's wrong. But in a new organization, a new environment that respected and really uh, leveraged his talent, he was able to actually shine brighter. And one last thing is that I actually coached one of the uh, general managers of a listed company in Singapore. Before before this solution, we were, they, they had a lot of issues. They had, their, their team, their management team had a lot of issues. They couldn't see eye to eye. So for the two uh, main head, head of departments, they couldn't see eye to eye. And any project took probably four hours to get it settled. And even, even after they settled, there's a lot of bitter aftertaste. After I was able to work with them, that, that 
projects now take around 30 minutes. So imagine four hours to 30 minutes now. And instead of the general manager having to almost force them to actually come together on the table and talk, they're actually now going to each other's rooms and say that, hey, actually, I want to be able to to talk to you about this because I feel that you can actually uh, you can actually give insights. So he, he told me that I was able to make a very dysfunctional team into a dream team. So these are some stories that we do. I mean, I experience when it comes to coaching uh, leaders. And, and these are for your one-on-one. And you also mentioned that you do uh, group training as well. So how, how, how is that being structured? And what can a company who is new to this but might be keen to look at, you know, understand more about how all this would, would operate for them? Yeah, so there are actually three, two, three ways. One is actually we do talks for them. We, without doing the strengths finder, we actually give them a strengths-based approach at looking at uh, what is best about their people. So there's a talk we do. And if they, they feel that actually, yeah, I want to go deeper, we go and do a workshop. So we do a one-day workshop where we predominantly want to change the paradigm. The paradigm is uh, weaknesses are the way to success or fixing weaknesses. We want to change it to strengths. Building strengths is the, is the way to success. And after that, we all know that workshops actually don't really solve the fundamental issues. And most of the time, the fundamental issues is a behavioral or cultural issue. So we go into a six-month coaching with the leader where we actually see, we actually help them and, and, and journey with them until they get that result. So the three ways. So it's a talk, it's a workshop, and most of the time the workshop we actually move into this whole idea of a one-on-one coaching or a manager a group coaching. I'd say, and since you mentioned about manager C level, would it also mean for one-on-one it may not be suitable for people who are not manager level and above? Uh, yeah. So at, at this point in time, we don't do that. We actually have a, a way that we 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 reach out to uh, individual contributors. If you're not a manager and all that, there's actually a skills future that you can go using your skills future credit to actually come for a workshop where you can also discover your own talents. And this is a workshop conducted by you guys? Yes, it's a workshop conducted by us and you can actually use your credits, which nobody really uses. <laughs> Uh, that's right, that's right. Nobody really uses it. So I'll be happy to add this into the show notes so that people can find it out uh, find out more easily. So personally for, for yourself, in terms of what is happening right now, the COVID and all that, has that affected your business or the way that you're conducting all these programs right now? Yeah, so actually, I think at the start, definitely it did. There was a systemic shock throughout the entire trading and development and even consultancy industry. And after a while, it actually picked up. So now it's actually back to even better than than before because now the whole medium of Zoom, uh, people can still feel very engaged in it. And does it also mean that since it's virtual and distance is not a, a, a concern, although prior to it, you did mention you're already doing work in other countries. Is there an uptake on engagement from other countries right now? Yeah, I think the idea now when I interview a lot of the directors and business owners, one of the things that their challenge is that now it's with with all this Zoom and all that, it's there's a little bit of a the idea of a burnout. And burnout meaning that actually now uh, I'm asked to do many, many different things, attend many, many different meetings uh, where it's just good for my learning, good for my development. So I, I do see that the challenge of burnout is there and they want to actually try to understand that is it actually good for everybody to attend so many meetings? Is there a better way to deploy my, my team? And we use the strengths-based approach to deploy, meaning that actually you will get the greatest growth if you understand what is the dominance of 
each of your individuals rather than try to say everybody will grow in different areas in the same areas uh, we help them to be very targeted so this person is deployed in this way let's see whether we can do some changes based on what they're good at based on their strengths so we are we are helping our organization to do that so that they are more clear about instead of trying to be part of everything be very crystal clear on how you deploy people and also how you develop people if not you have the risk of really getting your team into this whole idea of burnout based on our conversation so far the tests and the focus has primarily been on deployment and resource allocation which i would put under the talent management bucket would a strength finder test be appropriate during the talent acquisition period yeah that's a great question and a lot of people ask me that so this is actually how you think not so much of what you do. So we don't use this when it comes to talent acquisition. I see. So it's really more for people who are already within the system. But what if after taking the test and then there's just not no such opportunity for you to navigate, to find something that's suitable for you? Wouldn't it become, a, in a way, a time bomb waiting to take off if you were to do a test? Yeah, definitely. So for leaders, it's either they actually know that as early as possible so that they can actually make arrangements or if they don't know that then it's going to be suffering from both sides which where the leader is trying to push for something but then that that person might not be might not feel that that's the right fit so i do feel that this information the faster you get it as a leader the better and the one thing about strengths is that we actually we actually use the idea of the whole strengths-based approach and came up with our own philosophy when it comes to job task. And we call it this, this framework of primal greatness, where we get the leaders to systematically understand each task for each person, what is actually the energy level for each task. So give, like, give you an uh, example, if I ask somebody, uh, hey, actually, for maybe for you, Adrian, from a scale of 0 to 10, uh, how energized are you? 10 being you feel very energized, 0 meaning you feel very drained. When you think about the whole idea of Excel, Excel spreadsheets, sums, uh, all that, what's the number for you? Personally, I'd say about a 7. 7, so that's quite high. So how about when it comes to this idea of uh, design? design work. Yeah. Maybe 4. Design, yeah. So colors, font, sans serif, and all that, 4, 4.10. Yep. Yeah. So if, if you were to see this, one of the ways that what you actually did was you used your, the, the emotions you have is actually a compass to what your strengths actually are. So your strengths actually, when you think about that, when it comes to the expression of your strengths, which is things like Excel spreadsheets, things like design work, right? I know as a manager, I know I'm going to get a lot more ROI. I'm going to leverage you so much more and even you feel better when I'm actually asking you to do more Excel than design work, even though I can train you to do design work, the funny, strange thing is that the 4 upon 10 doesn't really move. You still don't feel that, that level of energy coming out from doing that task. So when we break down things into tasks, that's one way that a manager will understand that actually, hey, this person, is he a good fit or not in the first place? So we do this framework when it comes to not only acquire acquisition, talent acquisition, but also talent redeployment. Mm. And and I guess, well, firstly, you reminded me of my wife. She is in HR field and 
if you were to ask her about the Excel question, she probably would rank negative <laughs> because she just does not like to do all that. Even though recently she has to bite the bullet and you know just work on it because a lot of such requirement. And and second of all, I guess it would also make sense for companies who might be I don't know undergoing some major restructuring to consider this, especially for people who are going to be laid off. I'm imagining if you know SIA when they had to lay off people, this would be a good complement to bringing their people or the people that are going to leave to a better place, leveraging on their strength, which I totally agree. Work on your strength, not work on your weakness. Or rather work on your strength, work around your weakness. Mm. That should be the premise for all of us to approach in life. And thank you so much for sharing all this. So for people who is willing to find out more about what you do, where can they go to? Yeah, so they can actually come to uh, perfectperformance.org and uh, from there, they can even download the book, uh, Primal Greatness, where we, I wrote about uh, this concept that's actually very new. And I go to so many different MNCs and organizations. They never really talk about this. They, they always talk about if you're good at doing a certain task, most of the time, I'll just give you more of it. Not knowing that actually it sucks the life out of you. I'd rather understand as a manager what certain tasks that you do that you feel alive doing. And most likely, that's my best chance of getting a world-class excellence from you. So they can come to perfectperformance.org and they can see what we're doing there. Thank you so much. And thank you once again. Thank you for your time in coming on to the podcast. I had an excellent conversation with you and a better understanding of all this strength-based approach. So for people who's willing to learn more about this, I'll be adding the links to the show notes so you can easily go straight and find out more. So once again, Jason, thank you so much. And I wish you continued success in your journey on strength finding. Thank you so much, Eugene. Thanks so much, Frank. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can refer to the show notes for links to more information about our guests and their businesses. If you enjoyed this podcast, it will be helpful to give a review on iTunes or follow me on Spotify. If you are using Overcast, please hit the star button under the episode. That will help get this episode and podcast out to more people who may find it useful. I'll see you in the next episode of The Agent Han Show.